Welcome to Open Mind UFO Radio. This is your host, Alejandro Rojas, and I am here with my good friend, Martin Willis. Um, I've gotten a little bit of feedback, and I would like to hear your uh, what you think of this, Martin. Some people miss uh, when I give you, I used to give you that little nickname in the middle. You know, I'd say Martin Goofball Willis or something like that. I use that yeah. one a lot. Goofball, I probably use it the most. But uh, you rolled your eyes, so it seems like you don't miss it. Um, no, some of them were really funny and, uh, uh, but you know, I never knew what you were going to say, Yeah, you know, and it was kind of like an improv thing. Yeah. What's going on? Did it hurt? Did it ever hurt your feelings? That's cleaning my lens. Do you think I'm going to say that on the air? I'm going to just send you hate mail instead. (laughs) (laughs) I like to clean my lens and do adjustments on my camera. During the the show. During the show. (laughs) In fact, uh, I'm going to move it. Maybe just like here. It's so funny. I tweak during the entire show. You've probably noticed. I shouldn't do that. Oh, and it's time. It's the time of the show. This reminds me, there was a time of the show on uh, Pee Wee Herman. And I forget where, I guess there were lots of times where the mailman came to the window or something. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Who I think was Phil Hartman. You got really excited about that part. But um, I that's it's just like that when Stacy Wright from Phoenix Move On pops in and says hello, we have that kind of Pee Wee Herman moment oh, where yes. we go, "Oh look, it's Stacy! Hi, Stacy! Yeah, so hi, hi Stacy. It looks like she's in. Um, oh, she's good buddies with my girlfriend Karen. Who Karen Stacy's in here at least for now. She was curious. Hi, Stacy. We all say hi." But uh, yeah, lots of other people in here. Dirk, Renee, Louise. I'm going to talk about Louise uh, of the Unidentified Celebrity Review because I was just watching a couple of his videos that I thought uh, he brought up some interesting points I wanted to talk about. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and this really has turned into, I was talking to Karen about this before, kind of an AMA. Like, you know, you can join us live here on YouTube. So if you have questions, please do come in and ask because... As you all have noticed in the past shows, uh, recently since we've been doing this, we go off on tangents uh, when people ask some messages and uh, we answer questions or just go off on weirdness or whatever when people do ask questions. So, in fact, somebody just asked a question right now. Question for you, Martin. Did your interview with Streber in any way change your views on either him or his story? And it is Streber is how you pronounce it. Go. Yeah. Well, maybe we should call this uh, an AMAA ask me almost anything. But no, that's okay. I'll answer that question. Can't ask you about this. Yeah. No, no. It's. Oh, look. Another guest appearance by one of our guests who come to the show, Pumpkin. Oh, the dog? Yeah, the cute little. Oh, I missed the dog. Oh, I see. There he is. Yeah, the little. 
Yeah, a little tiny thing laying there. That's the designated spot that dog lays in. I've seen it. Yeah, it's his favorite that. spot. Yeah, um, kind of keep an eye the on the kitchen. kitchen, on you, everything else. Exactly. Yeah. He keeps an eye on me and the kitchen. So if someone goes in the kitchen and does something, or if he wants to come over and get a pet or make me do something, I'm essentially a slave. If he wants to go outside, he comes over. If he wants a pet, if he wants food. So that's... Well, uh, I, I'm ready to, to answer that question. Mm -hmm. uh, Dirk, Dirk Please Steel. do. Um, I, I knew what I was getting into when I interviewed Whitney. Um, you know, there was a lot I've, I've taken some bashing because I didn't take him to task, which I have taken mm. other people to task on some of my shows. So I understand why people are saying, well, why do you do this to this guy and not to this guy? Um, but I knew what I was getting into when I invited Whitney on. And I, I let Whitley. him do his uh, Whitley on. And I let him do his thing, basically. I I questioned him right off the bat. And the first thing I said to him in five minutes was, um, you know, you're a great fiction writer. What do you say to the people that say this is not fiction, you know, of your abductions and things like that? And he said he's been asked that question 750,000 times, <laughs> his exact words. I said, well, add one more to it. Anyway, mm -hmm. he kind of, uh, he did his thing. There's some of the things that are way out there. Um, you know, maybe some of the things happened to him. I'm not really sure. Uh, he's a, He's a very intelligent man. He's a great storyteller. And uh, we talked quite a bit off air. I'm actually going to be doing some appraising of art for him. Um, and uh, I enjoyed the conversation. That's all I got to say. I don't look back. I, I rarely ever listen to my past shows or podcasts, but I listened to a good part of that one. And uh, I'm not unhappy with it. So, But I would the, the question specifically was, I think it's a good question. Um, did this change your views of him or his story? Your, I could be a politician, interview. couldn't I? I? I did a pretty good job with that. But, but that's but why reeled, I'm an you interviewer. Me back. You reeled me back. Because I'm getting out of you no, uh, being no, the politician I will say, going around okay. the question. I'm going to get the answer from you. I will Dance say. That's all you I, want, buddy. All right. Here it goes. Uh, as I said in the beginning of the answer, I knew what I was getting into. So in that case, I would say, no, uh, I'm not, my mind has not changed on what I think about Whitley. It's it, that didn't move in any which way. Um, See, everything you just told me makes perfect sense to me because that's exactly how I feel. I like talking to Whitley. He's, his brain is very interesting. He doesn't live in reality. And, you know, um, I'm, I'm, you know, like you, I challenge people. Um, but if I did an interview with him, I'd do it like you. Because when you interview Whitley, that's what you get. And that's his charm. That is him. And for me, he's kind of like in this uh, almost fantasy world all the time. His brain is just always thinking about the what ifs and contemplating what if, what if this or what if that and alternate realities, which is what makes him special and why he's like a, a famous author. Um, if you're going to get, it's not really some place where you're going to get to truth. I don't think, uh, it's not necessarily research, but it is really interesting. What ifs? And, um, yeah, I feel the same. Yeah. I feel intrigued by what he has to say. And, and I don't feel compelled to challenge him so much. Well, you know, what would happen if you challenged him click, he would hang up instantly. If you, if you, I don't think so. You don't, um, I, cause I feel yeah, like I have done it then. If you do it in a nice way, I mean, like, you know, like, 
um, we're good at, you know, um, he'll answer, but it'll be an answer for a researcher that'll probably be unsatisfactory, yeah. but, uh, cause he's happy to say, I don't know, just thinking, you know, just speculation could be, well, this could be something yeah. totally different, even with his own experiences. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, there's ways of challenging someone, um, which I did at the very beginning, um, a soft way. And then there's a way you can, you know, be abrupt about it. And that's, that's when you're right. I mean, that's when I do think he would hang up on someone. Um, See, and people are, are guys who are in here a lot are agreeing with us that, you know, I know, for instance, two people who have commented are Dirk and Ad Astra. And I know they feel like we do. They're good researchers, intelligent guys who want to get the answers. But they both say, um, no matter what you think of him, they're interesting. He's an interesting interview. Dirk says he's interesting and friendly. Ad Astra says he's never not interesting. Um, and he says, but I swear he has a bicameral mind. I don't think he's malicious or, or um, seeking to um, publicize himself. I think he just is, uh, he, he doesn't have a filter so much. And he just kind of whatever's on his mind or whatever's going on out there, he's sharing. Which I is, had I, just one more comment, if I can. Mm -hmm, uh, I had someone from the de, uh, ret retired gentleman from the defense defense department that uh, listens to the show, and uh, real nice guy. And he he basically commented, you know, that if these visitors that uh, Whitley talks about um, uh, had all this information, then why why is any of the information behind the paywall on uh, on Whitley's website? that type of thing and like monetary shouldn't mean anything to any, you know, any of these visitors, if that's, that's the case. I don't, you, you kind of get where he's going with this. That's what I'm saying. It shouldn't have anything to do with money. Should have yeah. just be free, free information for all. But that's that, not the way the world works. You can't get this information out. Um, and, you know, especially at this point, the reason that I'm going to completely disagree with that person is, you can't get any news about anything. And I'm sorry, UFO people. Obviously, I'm very interested in this topic, but there's a lot more important things going on that are affecting people's lives, um, existential issues. This is not as existential an issue as many others um, that are going on right now where people's livelihoods or safety are directly threatened. Um, and those topics, You've got to pay to get information on those topics too. COVID, I mean, New York Times, LA Times, San Diego Tribune, um, the AZ family, you know, speaking of some of the places I live, I'm sure it's the same where you live. Uh, news is no longer free because everybody's trying to figure out how to um, monetize it because traditional, you know, ways have gone away, namely print. So, um, so yeah. you got to pay for yeah. information. That's today's world. So I don't know. I don't. I don't buy that as an argument. To be honest, I think the aliens would know about resources and how it takes resources to create. Um, and so I, I don't think that would be a factor. <laughs> well, yeah, it it was interesting, and and uh, you know, as uh, as in interviewing someone like that can always be interesting. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna continue to in fact Anthony from uh on Facebook says keep doing what you guys are doing, love the show. Unfortunately, it's time to earn that coin. So he's gotta go to work. 
to make um, some money. Everybody's got to make money. You can't, yeah. that's the way it's a capitalist country. And it's kind of funny because, um, you know, people, and I would gather, um, at the risk of offending people that I don't mind offending at all. And that I kind of take some pleasure in offending, <laughs> to be honest, you know, it seems like the same people who complain, I want stuff for free. I want stuff for free are the same people who are like, down with socialism. Socialism is communism because they have no clue what they're talking about. Um, you know, and, and this whole thing. Well, that's a socialist thing you're asking for. You want all this information for free. Well, how is that going to happen? How are we going to be able to do that? Uh, is the government going to subsidize us? Is that how we're going to do it? How are we going to do that? That's not possible. You're not living in reality. Yeah. And you, um, and you same people got to realize when you're asking for all this free stuff, and it does seem to be the people that ask for the most free stuff are the same people who don't want to pay for anything. Um, well, it, it's very much also along the lines of what you're saying is if we were, if we wean ourselves off of fossil fuel and go into renewable energy, it's really, it, it's a tough, it's a tough transition. This has been a tough transition for, for everybody. I mean, you and I, here we are, you're in uh uh, where are you? You're in Arizona this time. And, I, and I'm in the state of Maine. And here we are talking to anyone that wants to listen in the world right now. Um, and and they can listen to it for free, you know, and, and because so many things We're are awesome. We really are. I, I never I didn't think of that. But yeah. Um, <laughs> but you think you think of the transition from, OK, uh, we, we didn't have this technology not too long ago. To, to be able to do any of this stuff. And you have to, you know, it's it's a process getting through, you know, think about the music industry, how, how much they had to adjust. And uh, you were talking earlier about newspapers and everybody has to adjust to um, something new and it's not easy. It's not easy to do. Yeah. And, Some comments uh, people have made, you know, there should be a balance or exchange. Um, that would be great. There's a lot of should be's I think that are that are good. Uh, someone said we need a Star Trek economy. And and AJ says you have to pay to get the word out, it, which is exactly right. So it costs authors money to publish. And it does. So if you want to self-publish like a lot of people are doing these days, and to be honest, I think that's the way to go. You've got to pay quite a bit of money before, even if you go with like Amazon, you got to pay for formatting and, and you got to get photos and there's all this stuff that needs to be done. So it does cost money to get that out. And of course, this tool we're using right now, um, you know, you and I both pay a monthly fee to use this streaming tool that we use. So yeah. um, everything costs money. So yeah, exactly. Um, the light set we're using and everything. So uh, those are those points, but let's get to, so yeah. In other words, we'll get off of Whitley, but just to defend Whitley putting stuff behind paywall, um, that's just the way of the world people. And I know it's tough. It's just like we got to do with TV. Do you want to watch Stranger Things? Do you want to watch Star Trek? Um, if you want to watch both, then you're going to have to pony up the money to pay for CBS and Netflix. Yeah. What can you do? What can you do? Yeah. By the way, those are great shows. And then if you want to see Mandalorian, you got to get Disney. If you want to see Baby Yoda, who's freaking adorable, love Baby Yoda. So, I have you no know, idea what you're talking about, but that sounds interesting. The Mandalorian. That's In fact, there's a new episode today. Great show. Okay. Excellent. It's winning all kinds of awards. You don't know about Mandalorian and Baby Yoda? 
Wow. No, I've watched like two things. I've talked to you about this. See, uh, uh, the my octopus teacher. I love that. Oh yeah, like, that's great. That was great. And then record. Queen's Gambit, and that's, that's like the only two things I haven't watched anything UFO related at all. We watched Queen, Queen's Gambit too. That was really good. Yeah, it's awesome. Oh my gosh, did you see? Oh, um. So yeah, good stuff. In fact, honey, it looks like my honey's daughter just landed. So she, she's got to run to the airport. Where did the doggy go? Well, somebody's in the kitchen eating. And so he's, of course, paying very close attention to the floor below her. I and see probably scavenging in there. He'll be here yeah. soon, though, because she's got to go pick up her daughter from the airport. All right. So uh, let's get into more news. Um, Ad Astra says, baby Yoda is the only good thing about the Mandalorian. No way. Mandalorian is pretty cool. Baby Yoda is awesome, though, and I, it's it's wild. You don't know about Baby Yoda, I'm but let's get to into have some to more. Check it out. Yeah, yeah. UFO news um, of the week. So uh, something interesting. A couple things. So to introduce this topic, I first want to go back to this thing, the big news. So I interviewed James Fox um, for Phoenix Mufon. Uh, and I essentially I did it for Stacy, who may or may not be here. Uh, she may have already taken off. She just likes to come in and get a thrill when we say, "Hey, it's Stacy," and then she leaves. Apparently, um, we'll see. She'll talk some crap here if uh, she's still here. Picard is awful. I loved Picard. Oh my gosh! So anyway, uh, then and I, so I interviewed James Fox, and he said there's some big news coming. Yeah, and everybody's flipping out. And it's oh, yeah. so ridiculous. And yeah, it's I've so frustrating. About 10 emails. Yeah. This is why I'm so frustrated with the UFO community and why I don't like to even call myself part of the UFO community. And I'm so frustrated. And some of you may be in here, and I'm sorry if I'm talking about you, but knock it off, knuckleheads. You know, they take the smallest thing. Look, there's Karen. And they blow it up into something huge. They have no idea what James's news is, but all of a sudden, uh, people are making videos that this is going to be a news that's going to change the world. Yeah, blah, I saw blah, that. Blah. You know, from, this happened from people with that the, have done that before. This happened with the New York Times article. Yeah, same guy with, doing the same thing. Yeah, people got so upset with me when I'm like, "Dudes, not going to happen." Best case scenario, they will mention. UFO crashes in the in this New York Times article coming out, and that's essentially all we got. Um, can I, can and I just, they mentioned a little more than I thought, but it wasn't this big earth-shattering news. Neither is this going to be, and I think I know what it is. So go ahead. I, I just wanted to let you know that uh, I just mentioned that the uh, same person who has done this before with the New York Times article doing it again, and they put a hashtag uh, your you know, openminds.tv and hashtag podcast UFO on, okay, here it comes or something like that. I don't know if you caught that. I yeah. same thing. might've noticed it, but probably did what I just did. Major eye roll, major eye roll. People You've had some eye rolls this, this session. Yeah. I've been eye rolling like a mofo. Yeah. My eyes are going to roll out of my head. Yeah. Um, people have some discernment, do some analysis first. Yeah. Somebody, uh, uh, Louise, 
from the unidentified celebrity view, he says, it's quite silly. I said on my channel to manage expectations. I, I watched that, Louise, actually. I was watching that earlier this morning. I was checking up on some of your videos. And you're right, you know, these expectations get ridiculous. Now, you apparently feel like there's a lot of major disclosure going on talking to Louise. I'm, I wouldn't even go that far. I don't think that's the case at all. What we're seeing, which is really interesting, I think, is we're seeing a lot of the surface stuff. We're, a lot of this, in other words, there's secrecy going on, and we're going to get into that. Um, but at the same time, we're seeing a lot of the mechanizations that are happening, these interfaces with the DOD, the Senate Intelligence Committee, the different agencies. We're seeing different people do different things. And those are extremely interesting to analyze um, and to figure out how things are working. And we kind of have this opportunity right now because we're seeing these interactions that normally we weren't privy to. And that's huge. Some of the people I would recommend that you guys follow, uh, Twitter I think is a great tool, but follow, here are the people with real sources, real sources, deep inside sources that are credible. Most, if not all of the other people you're hearing from are full of it. They don't have good resources. They have anonymous weirdos maybe coming to them. I know you have that, Martin. I get this constantly, people claiming they're admirals, generals working with the aliens all kinds of crazy crap yeah got and a really I good know, one this week yeah and some of the popular ufo researchers go wild with these they're they're like oh i'm so special i'm the only one that this this alien admiral is talking to so i've got the scoop on what's going on in the background and that's most of the ufo community the ufo community eats that up and they're like oh did you hear that uh jeffrey jones i just made up that nose name is talking to an admiral who's saying that this is happening or that is happening. Oh, we're just on the verge of disclosure. And I, this has been going on for decades. Ever since I've been in this field, this is the sort of thing. Don't fall for it, people. There's a long game here. We're playing the long game. And we're at a very pinnacle important part of that long game right now where you can actually get real information. Who are the people with real sources? Of course, Louise Elizondo and Chris Mellon of To The Stars. I knew you were gonna they're say yeah. insiders with yeah. friends who are insiders. They've got credible, reliable sources. Now, sometimes people have great sources and they get credible information, but they don't interpret that information um, correctly or maybe differently than you would. For example, John Greenwald, he does an amazing job doing the deep dig, doing the work to get those FOIA documents. I don't necessarily always agree, although honestly, mostly we do. Um, I don't always agree with his interpretations um, and I share that with you all, but for the most part we do and John do, and I do stay in touch and we even still kind of go back and forth on some of this stuff. But MJ Benias and Tim McMillan. Uh, MJ, I wouldn't say necessarily has any more sources than anyone else, but he's very credible in the way he writes. He, he has good sources. Uh, not deep insider sources, but he has good sources and he's good at discernment, figuring out where that great information is. Um, what was the Dan last Nova. one you mentioned? What was the last uh, one you mentioned? MK Benayas? No, no, after him. Uh, Tim McMillan. Tim McMillan, okay. And this is a big case. So Danny Silva, I would say, has great resources. Definitely keep an eye on him uh, as well. Nick Pope obviously worked in the government. He has great resources. 
keep an eye on him. Um, these are great sources. That's what a journalist does is develop sources. Brian Bender, of course, is really plugged into the Hill. Um, also, Tyler Rogaway, uh, great yeah, insider great. sources yeah. and great analysis. These are the people that you want to pay attention to and take when they say a source is telling me or I have this information coming from a source, take that information to heart. Um, their analysis you may disagree with, uh, but m for the most part, all these people have great analysis as well. And of course, George Knapp. George Knapp has some amazing sources. Again, I know not everybody agrees with George Knapp and his analysis of that information, but for the most part, where that information is coming from is good. And if the source is dubious, a la Bob Lazar, if at least George Knapp will tell you what that source of information is and let you know if it's dubious. He knows whether or not they're dubious. He may believe it, but at least he'll share with you. It is a dubious source, so you have to take uh, take this with a grain of salt or judge for yourself. Those are the really good sources. Speaking of which, this is really crazy. Getting back to Tim McMillian. So has Tim McMillan been vetted? I can say yes. I can tell you. I've spent quite a bit of time talking with T Tim McMillan. In fact, if you join the Rojas reports, please do hit that join button. It's going to ask you for a couple bucks. Do it now. That's, and I I'm can't do it. I, I don't see it. I'm telling you. I'm sorry. Martin, oh. cut it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You have to be watching on YouTube. Sorry. Oh, 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 yeah. Yeah, you have to be watching on YouTube. Join. But I have an, at least one interview there. I've got a couple interviews with Tim McMillan where you'll want to listen to him. I get shocked too, because sometimes he'll have inside information and I'll be like, what, how is he talking to someone in the UAP task force? Or how's he talking to this person or that person? And I've, I have gone to vet his sources and even the people I talk to are like, I don't know where he gets his sources. He's got mm. some amazing sources. Wow. And I have talked to him a little bit about where he gets his sources. And really it's just because his wife works in uh, a diplomatic sort of job and uh, he's, and as a law enforcement person, as a police officer, it opens a lot of doors. Um, friends like Chuck Zukowski, when you pull that, uh, or my friend, Marianne Rob, when you pull out that pop cop card, that opens up a lot of doors and a lot of people will talk to you. So uh, Tim does have some amazing sources. I can tell you, I feel like I have vetted Tim thoroughly and uh, his sources are good. And that's really important for right now because I told you I knew about the news that was upcoming, or I believe I know. I didn't get this from Tim. I got this from my own sources. Um, but uh, on the McLaughlin group, if you've ever watched that show, of course, the guy who used to run that show has passed away, and it used to be a b very balanced show. Um, uh, now he's got a lot of people on there I'm not big fans of. And I'm not, to be honest, a big fan of Tom Rogan. He watch, writes for, what, the Washington Examiner, which I think is a total – I'm not a big fan. I, I, but anyway, he's the guy who wrote that article essentially accusing Stephen Greer of faking that Florida UFO event. Um, and he is a mainstream journalist. And on the at the end of the McLaughlin group, if you've ever watched that show, I haven't watched it since he died. I used to watch it a lot. But they do predictions at the end. And Tom Rogan at the end, you know, said, 
I keep an eye on my friend Tim McMillan. He has a big story coming out. Hmm. That's the big story. So yeah, it, it he outed Tim McMillan. Tim McMillan is the guy that has the story that is going to be posting this story soon. Oh, is okay. it going to change right. the world? No. No. What the hell are you people thinking? Where do you get this from? You pull this out of your butt. But it's I understand so this, Alejandro. Let me tell when 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 you have something like this, like say something is <laughs> coming out, it gets everyone's mind racing, and it's almost so much better if you never say a single thing about it, you know, and just come out with it when it's ready to come out with. You shouldn't lay it lay it out there because it's like anything that can turn into a conspiracy. Yeah, but opinion. you know, sometimes the stories, it's the hard part because the New York Times article, for example, that everybody blew out of proportion. How did they get to know about it? Uh, it was it was largely from the New York Times interviewing people and then those people being interviewing interviewed saying, I was interviewed by some people with the New York Times. They're working on a story. And by simply saying that, people blew it out of proportion. Yeah. Um, and the people involved just because someone's being interviewed by the New York times that believes, you know, Roswell is real. And, and there's an aliens that we recovered at Roswell. Not that that was the case, but kind of, um, you know, doesn't mean the New York times is going to cover that wild belief this person has because what they're going to want to, and, and if they are, they're going to make fun of it unless they can substantiate it somehow or have other witnesses. So, I mean, you got to understand them. The, the way uh, the sausage is made, essentially, which is, uh, it should be obvious to people, but I don't know. But uh, yeah, people blow it out of proportion. So um, all I can say is uh, another is Tim McMillan uh, was outed, essentially. He's the guy who's writing the story. So keep an eye on him. And just today, I don't know if you've seen this, uh, Martin, Tim McMillan, uh, along with uh, Micah Hanks and MJ Benias, who I was just talking about. I've also had Micah Hanks on the show. I've been on his show. Love Micah Hanks. In fact, the opening and close music, or no, the opening, That's yeah, his opening yeah. and close music to the show is made by his brother. They're both super talented musicians. Micah has this amazing um, radio voice. I, I love Micah. They're really cool. In fact, I've got some cool videos right here if you're on YouTube. I've got an interview with Micah Hanks at the Devil's Tower when we were uh, there for an event. But yeah, I love Micah. So they're all getting together to do this new thing called The Debrief. Hmm. So they've got a new website. Want to look at it? Yeah, sure. I can't. Um, I'm on Tim McMillan's Twitter feed, it is. but I don't see anything. Prepare to be amazed, people. Oh, that's all they got so far. Oh, well, see, you, I could make a conspiracy out of that alone. <laughs> but essentially, they say that they're going to cover science, technology, and defense news. So that's pretty exciting. I, I love these guys, and uh, um, they're all really good. And I think this should be great. Now, is the story going to come out on this site? Um, I hope not. And here's why I say that. Uh, it would be good for them, and it would be a good start. But I, I've got to say out of uh, experience that um, it's really hard to get news out when you post it on uh, 
on your own website, especially a website that doesn't already have a lot of traffic. I have that issue, you know, with my site, sometimes we have some stories that go viral, but we really don't get much recognition until mainstream references our yeah. article. Yeah. And uh, so takes that's a kind while. of what's tough. Yeah. yeah, so it takes a while. Whereas those guys, MJ and Tim specifically have been writing for like Vice, Popular Mechanics, which of course both have large audiences. So I hope that they're able to get their article in a larger um, um, venue yeah. like that. Although I've done this before too, where I've written my article for let's say the Huffington Post, but then I refer to my own article at Open Minds because I write a longer article because typically yeah. uh, most media outlets only want maybe a thousand words. You yeah. know, that's the the new thing, 800 to a thousand words. You got to keep your stories super short. So, you know, the longer pieces have to go elsewhere. Right. So, yeah, but, uh, oh, it's not clickbait though, Louise. I can tell you that I do know what the news is and it is interesting news, but people it's not like- worth changing. I know a little bit about it. It's not earth changing. You know what? And somebody made this point. I don't know if it was Louise. I think it was Louise said something about how science news is boring and science is boring. And yeah, he said it in relation to this because saying, remember James Fox is really into science and stuff and science is boring. So just because si James Fox says it's exciting doesn't mean it's going to be. The stuff that I'm into, the stuff that we present on this show, a lot of people feel is boring because I'm not talking about aliens and hangers and, you know, Zeta reticulans and what the Pleiadians are up to and who the reptilians are having sex with or whatever. Well, you we know. will behind the paywall. <laughs> yeah, right. You have to, you have to pay to get that juicy stuff. Yeah. And we'll but, talk about um, you know, so this sort of, this is, and this should be a big <laughs> red flag for a lot of people. I find the news exciting. So if I find it exciting, a lot of people are going to find it boring. Um, I think it's going to be cool news that's going to help move uh, the government. I see I'm adjusting my camera again. It's going to help move the government stuff forward, which is yeah. really kind of what I'm focusing on, which is how is the government dealing with this? What do they know? How are they dealing with all of this? All of that yeah. kind of stuff. So that's what the news is going to be more related to, which is pretty interesting. And that is the exciting part of it, in, mm -hmm. in my opinion, from what I know. Uh, Ad Astra. Yeah. See, that's why my audience rocks. I don't think I don't I don't know if your audience is as well. I know your audience is good, as good as mine. Doesn't get better than mine. <laughs> but I mean, you you're over there interviewing Whitley Strieber or whatever. But <laughs> touche. Mm, okay. But, um, yeah. Uh, at Astros over here, Alejandro leaves the dopamine addicts to their stupid stuff. We're all science buffs here as well. That's so awesome. Um, oh, but uh, Louise is saying that these uh, people are looking for uh, hits that are selling this as earth-changing news. Probably um, Matthew Rudy is saying, knows about what? Well, you can't join us halfway in the conversation and expect- He just no joined. Yeah, yeah you're going to have to yeah. watch the rest of the show. But essentially, we're talking about that big news, uh, Matthew. Um, Dirk says you and I pretty much have the same audience. I think he's right. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it knows about what this earth-shattering news is. So it's going to be big news. It's interesting news. The story hasn't even come out. It might not come out. 
um, you know, when the New York Times, we heard from the authors, they were really upset with the UFO community because they said, you guys screwed up our story. You got so crazy about it and made it into something it wasn't that you made some of our uh, people back off who we interviewed and you really screwed up our expectations and you screwed up our story. That's what the Times people said. Do you remember? I, I don't know if you remember this. No, but Matthew. Thanks for being arrogant. <laughs> that wasn't being arrogant, was I? I well, was teasing right. you because you showed up late and then you wanted to know about what we we're talking about. I was just kidding. Matthew oh, got mad. He says he's he unsubscribing. Hurt his feelings. Wow. Sorry, oh, Matthew. What can you do? What can you we, do? We joke a little bit. If you're, if you still haven't wandered away, Matthew, we've joked. Yeah, a little if you're bit still here, here, Matthew, it's just kidding. Yeah, yeah. just kidding, um, dude. Now I. Oh yes, what I was going to say is, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but I was in contact with both Ralph Blumenthal and mm, uh, right. Leslie Kane ahead, and they kept denying. No story here. Nothing here. <laughs> and then finally, I got this email from Leslie saying, "I'm really sorry that I had to say that." but I had to say that. And uh, yes, we do have a story. And, and then she went on to say basically what you just said, that has been really, really difficult. And I had a conversation also with Ralph, how difficult it has been that the UN UFO community decided to take it upon themselves to speculate and, and cause all kinds of trouble for them while they were trying to make this story ironclad as possible. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, it was an issue. Joseph says, Keep up the gate. Great work. He just joined from Dallas. Thank you so much. Um, Dirk says business insider just went behind a paywall. Like we're talking about, everybody's going behind paywall. So it's a little harder to, to read some of the stories that I was talking about. Yeah. I would say that, you know, some of the people I'm talking about, I think have written for business insider business insider though, it's become just, mm, it's very tabloidish. So I wouldn't trust business insider anyway, unless it's a trustworthy author. So for instance, the star in England, total tabloid piece of junk site covers really terrible UFO news, if not just complete falsehoods. But Nick Pope writes for the star sometimes and his articles are excellent. In my humble opinion, Nick Pope, he was a guy who worked for the UK government. He obviously has some incredible sources. And I have never seen him be disingenuous or um, inaccurate. Um, in his information. Um, some people kind of argue different things, but I think they're being petty personally. Uh, so yeah, so those are, that's some of the news regarding the big news. It's coming from Tim McMillan. Tim McMillan is starting a new website with a bunch of other great guys that are, are writing great stuff in this field who you can trust. Um, so I'm very excited for their website. Way to go guys. Um, and that, uh, course, that actually too. So pardon me. Heck, we'll bring MJ on and Micah on soon. I'll do Rojas reports with them very soon. In fact, next week, I didn't do one this week. I'm so sorry, but I'll do one um, next week. Next, by the way, next week is Thanksgiving. Uh Oh, that's Ruh -roh. cool. It's okay. cool. We'll, we'll still work on Thanksgiving. Ain't no thing. All right. Maybe not on Turkey I'm, day, but we'll do it. Day after something. I'm around myself, not doing anything. So. Really? I'll probably be traveling Friday. I think we're going to go back to oh, California all right. Friday. All right. Um, but we'll see what happens. But I'll do that. Oh. Provided. Thank oh, it's Matthew. Are you saying you're leaving? Matthew said something, but I can't understand. He might be hating. He might be 
cool, but X Chit Show. That doesn't sound good. Oh, oh Matthew, we're we're really sorry. Yeah. We it was just a joke. It's yeah. just a joke. What can you do? Wow. To be honest, okay. though, if Matthew can't take a joke like that, adios, muchacho. What can oh. you do? Wow. I just okay. I mean, he's the one who came in halfway. Yeah. Once uh -huh. he disrupted our whole show. Actually, it's been kind of fun um to talk about this. Okay. Hope you stick around, Matthew. <laughs> yeah. If not, uh, what's yeah. it? Godspeed. So, um, yeah. and he's going to be the one missing out anyway. So let's see what else. There was other stuff. Let's see for the week. Um, can I just bring up you guys have some questions? Do yeah. let us know. Yes. please. Oh, well, do. I saw, um, uh, John Fogarty was, uh, in the news like crazy all of a sudden, but that interview he had about his UFO experience was a year old. And all of a sudden, did you notice that all of a sudden it's all over the news? about John yeah. Fogarty talking about UFOs, but that was you know what? something he did a year ago. The media, especially the Sun or the UK tabloids, used to do this a lot, and they still do this sometimes, where they dig up old cases. Often yeah. they're old debunked videos. Um, but, you know, I did notice that they this one video from Mexico resurfaced of an orb kind of flying in a forest. And uh, that's an interesting video. I never know where that video came from, but that was a really interesting one. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Dirk says, I was reading the guy you were talking about on military and defense. Oh, Tim McMillan, maybe? Yeah, I, maybe I should talk about Tim more because it seems like a lot of people don't know much about Tim McMillan, and he's great. Yeah, I've interviewed Lieutenant, him a couple times. Lieutenant Tim McMillan, right? Yeah, Lieutenant Tim McMillan. You're exactly correct. Well done, my friend. Retired. Well done. Yeah. Uh, a couple other things. Uh, you know, there's been some news also about how uh, Jacques Vallée has uh, said in the Phenomenon documentary that there was another group researching UFOs. Um, today, the Mystery Wire, which is ran by Kelly, uh, K L A. As I'm mixing it all up, but essentially the network that George Knapp works for. Yeah, it's KLAS, um, isn't it? Kel yeah, I think you're right. Um, and for some reason, I keep thinking that's wrong. But anyway, uh, he posted on the Mystery Wire something about the Bolander memo, which, you know, had told us about the... Uh, that there was already another group. And I, I just wanted to remind people... That I also have an article on this that I did recently, and I'm going to share that. Um, so do check that out. I mean, when did I do this? July 20th, so a little bit ago. But decades of government UFO gaslighting exposed. And my point was that, you know, when the they closed Blue Book and a little bit about Blue Book, uh, they told us the same thing, the Bolander memo where it says, hey, guys, this general is writing, even though we're closing Blue Book, the important national security cases go somewhere else anyway. So it's no big deal. Um, and I also went over how we've had these documents, government documents. I have a video about it, too, showing that there are UFOs. Now we have the Senate and Marco Rubio talking about it. So kind of how they have been lying to us for years that they've had no interest when, in fact, they have. And the Bolander memo when they closed Project Blue Book was the memo that told us this in the first place, that someone else was looking at the good cases. So yeah. um, 
they really have been gaslighting us for, for decades and they're trying to do it again. And uh, this is another piece of news um, that I wanted to read to you all. And this is something Brian Bender found. Um, so here's what he writes. I'm gonna read this, this tweet to you from Brian Bender. I think you'll find this interesting too, Martin. So as part of my reporting, Brian Bender who writes for Politico um, has broken a ton of the stories. In fact, we gave him UFO researcher at the year at the UFO Congress. And if you're like, what, why would they do that? Watch our video that shows you why we did that because, or what, look at my Chris Mellon article about this whole plan to get this information out. You'll see that Brian Bender broke a ton of the big stories that led to where we're at right now. But anyways, he says, so as part of my reporting, the Pentagon Public Affairs Office advised I send a list of written questions about the workings and plans of the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force that was established in August. So I did, here's what I got. No one is available for interview on the UAPTF, the UAP Task Force to maintain operation security and to avoid disclosing information that may be useful to potential adversaries. DOD does not discuss publicly the details of either the observations or the examination of reported incursions into our training ranges or designated airspace, including those incursions initially designated as UAP. That also includes any details of the UAPTF and its activities, unquote. Basically, the official position is there's nothing to see here. That won't wash for long. Maybe it won't mash, last for, who knows? We'll have to see. The point here being that, um, like I had talked about earlier and why this time, uh, point in time is, is important, and this is really kind of... Um, going into factoring, you know, my, how I am attacking this issue and I'm sure others, um, and certainly in the way that we're attacking this issue at the Scientific Coalition for UAP Research is that apparently, I think that John Greenwald got a similar response. Um, Roger Gassel from uh, a Swedish researcher got a similar response. All indications are the UAP task force has no intention of being another Blue Book. Blue Book was a public facing organization that shared information. UAP task force is saying, we, uh, what we do is classified. The results of what we do are classified. We're not telling you nothing. Well, um, I thought they, I thought there was at some point there, there was a transparency, transparency aspect to this whole thing. No. Well, the Senate intelligence committee asked for there to be transparency and uh, it was just a suggestion, but also just mm. kind of, I think, and I should, check myself because I, I feel like they said that, but um, they asked for the UAP report to be public facing, that there be a public facing report. Hmm. And so that will come. However, that report could be very surface, uh, not very in depth. And um, I know that's what people like Chris Mellon and, and Luis Elizondo are working on now is to make sure that uh, everyone's informed that there should be uh, a very comprehensive report because there's a lot of information out there to be had. So we'll see. But obviously the, the intonations we're getting here are that they 
do not intend to share information that they do consider their their work classified. Um, a couple points to that. One is that Chris Mellon, when he suggested that the Senate make these inquiries, did say that these um, th this research is classified, so most likely any reports the Senate gets will need to be classified reports. He, uh, like in my interview, said he was surprised that the Senate said they wanted this public-facing report, but mm. um, happily surprised because yeah. he feels that there should be some transparency. But I think that's our goal right now. Certainly at the SCU, our goal is to advocate for the scientific investigation of this topic, which includes then the UAP task force sharing information with the public. There should be a mechanism where when they come to a cold case, they find a case truly unidentified, like the Nimitz case, that they should at some point be able to share that data with the public and especially scientific organizations so that we can, as a group, kind of like SETI, figure out what the heck is this? What are the Tic Tacs? Um, so we can get some of that data that they have because they're sitting on data. They're sitting on radar data. Um, if you all heard my interview with Robert Powell, my latest, um, or the, the Rojas reports I did, I, you guys can talk about this too in that, uh, the radar data is better data than video or, or photos often. In fact, um, in many ways it's better because it shows us the physical object that was moving and the nature of its movement. So radar data is typically much better than photo or video data. Or when it comes to that video data, you know, more information about the video data. So um, that's the sort of stuff that we need if we're really going to find out what's going on with this phenomena. So hopefully we can get that sort of thing. But I think it's really important to note UAP task force is not planning on releasing anything. That means it's incumbent upon us to make noise and to make, to be, uh, I like to say patient and persistent in requesting that they give us information and uh, well, and requesting Putting it lightly, we need to demand that they give this information if that's what we want. And so, is this uh, th this thing? The whole purpose of this thing being set up is because of a possible threat situation. Is that is that correct? Yeah, you know what? And this is an aspect that I didn't touch upon in my article that I think I'm going to write a new article about. Remember, Chris Mellon was the guy. He was he helped after 9-11 to reorganize the intelligence agencies. Part of the problem with 9-11 is that we had all of these intelligence agencies, but they weren't talking to each other and working together. Had they been doing that, perhaps we could have um, avoided 9-11. So they created this coalition, you know, that this, this ability to centralize information and to share information. It's exactly what he's doing with UFOs. He's saying that, look, people are, the Navy, Air Force, there are groups that are looking into UFOs and have analyzed um, UAP incidents, but everything's stovepiped. Air Force doesn't know what the Navy's doing. You know, this group doesn't know what this group is doing. Yeah. Um, they're all not sharing information. So there is no cohesive, you know, look at what this, this issue. And that's specifically, that's exactly what the Senate Intelligence Committee addressed. 
They said there needs to be a central location so that where all of that information is shared so a better analysis can be made. And that was what resulted in the creation of the UAP task force. So really, Chris Mellon is applying that kind of 9-11 model to the UAP issue, forcing, trying to get have the Senate force a collection of this information so that um, you know they can research further to solve an important intelligence issue that thus far, Chris Mellon and others believe has been a major intelligence failure by not doing this up to this point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it is kind of amazing if you think about it, that we didn't have something in place where our intelligence agencies could work together. You know, I understand about, you know, top secret things and they want to, you know, need to know type of stuff, you know, that type of thing. But when it comes to anything like the nine 11, you know, for instance, you know, it's, it's so hard to believe they weren't working together. Just yeah. Baffling, it's baffling. shocking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense. I mean, we see that and, you know, uh, people have criticized and I've, I've actually had some conversation with Chris Mellon lately uh, via email because people have kind of criticized, well, he says that he would had oversight of all the SAPs and that there were no UAP SAPs. Um, and he, he told me he was surprised ATIP existed because he had not seen any projects specifically on this issue. But then later on, he goes on to say in the Senate intelligence thing that there has been UAP research going on. Um, those seem to oppose each other. They don't. Here's why. He said there are no SAP UAP projects. That seems to be exactly correct. And you got to remember, ATIP was after he was in office looking for these projects. But there, what he's saying and what has been borne out by researchers such as like Keith Basterfield or John Greenwald or others, we haven't found any UAP specific organization. However, we have found agencies inside of the military that have looked at cases. So in other words, these groups that are examining these UAP um, cases are groups that are set up for like to look at foreign technology, the foreign technology division or the department of technology or um, these other departments. Like in the Bolander memo, it said, we already have procedures to look at these other cases. He's exactly right. When we find an unidentified, we send them to different scientific groups or different an intelligence groups that aren't set up for UAP. They're set up for, um, you know, looking at enemy or foreign technology or things like this. So these are, it's research that have gone inside of different departments. That's what he's talking about. And that there needs to be a UAP project where, you know, all this information is coalesced that is happening, all this research that's happening in all of these different agencies and departments and stuff, you know, a project here, a project there, all of that needs to be coalesced into this UAP task force, which is kind of what Elizondo was trying to do on his own, I think, with the ATIP group is that he's saying, hey, Navy, I know you guys investigated this case. What did you find out? Who looked at it? What departments? He's probably referred to different scientific research groups inside of the Navy that he works with. Um, that's yeah. how this works. So um, that's why they're, you know, that's why what Chris Mellon is saying is not, he's not contradicting himself. 
he's just, uh, and I hope to get an interview where we could, uh, you know, talk about this specifically to kind of flesh this out further and you can get all of this in his own words. But uh, he's just saying that, you know, there weren't projects, there's, but there's research and data out there and we need to gather that data in a project. Now we have one, the UAP task force. To Brian's point though, the UAP task force now is at central location and that's who they're going to be the people that we're going to eventually be, um, you know, really tackling to get this information out because they're coalescing this information. They're analyzing this information and they're the ones who um, needed uh, an attitude check, to be honest. They obviously have no intention nor or and are fighting even talking to politico about anything that they do and brian's like that's not going to wash um and i hope he's right because that means that all of us the media and the public need to let them know yeah that's not how this is going to work dudes you're going to have to tell us something and as that pressure mounts especially as you know mainstream media organizations and hopefully scientific organizations i mean I tip, I really want to start to, to do this with SCU, put pressure on these organizations, then hopefully they'll bend to that pressure. And we also need to talk to our senators. So our senators put pressure too, um, to say, Hey, that's not cool. We need answers. Well, could this also in a way be a two way street as far as them utilizing, you know, I know it's, it's military, but beyond military, there's a lot of, um, there can be a lot of uh, opinions from, say, scientists that are with the SCU or uh, reports from, they could get information from eyewitness reports through MUFON or, in other words, don't you think they could be reaching outside of, into the civilian world, or are they going to just stay into the military aspect of this type of research, do you think? I think they're going to stay within the military. Um, you know, speaking of Nick Pope at the UK um, in the, the early 2000s decided, you know, we get more UAP requests for our FOIA than anything else. So now we're going to proactively release all of our UFO files and batches. And they did that. And before they were even done, 2008 came around and they said, because they had this UFO desk that Nick Pope worked at in the 90s. And they even had Nick Pope help them with messaging and, and letting the public know they were letting this information out in 2008. Then they said, we're closing our doors where we don't want to hear any more UFO reports. Go to your local officials for that. We're done. And Nick Pope, you know, he, this is how he framed it. It would be absolutely ridiculous and irresponsible for them not to look at the issue anymore. They're certainly looking at the issue. They just don't feel they need the public's help anymore. Um, which he felt was interesting. And I think that's how our military feels as well. And they've got a good point in that MUFON data is nearly useless. Um, it's eyewitness reports of which I would gather, best case scenario, 90% are worth something. Worst case, and probably more accurately, um, 95, if not more, are just worthless. They're misidentifications of mundane objects. So how do you find the good 5%? Really, really hard to do. In fact, this is something else I talked to Robert Powell about. Because well, wait, before we you move on. Move on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I didn't mean that so much. I meant in collaborating a report 
in particular? Like to say, if there were witnesses to a certain case, wouldn't it be helpful for them to, if there was actually, if they oh, knew I there think. were witnesses to go and get inf as much information as they can? I, I guess they feel, well, and here's the thing is that those are only, that's only anecdotal information. The real information, and this is what we need. And, and if I were them, I would throw out those cases. Any, you need at least expert witnesses. General public is typically not going to be expert witnesses. Um, rarely will they be. Um, but at the very least, you need expert witnesses. What else do you need? Telemetry. You need data. Um, and they're the ones with the radar. They're the ones with the FLIR cameras. They're the ones with the equipment to get the scientific data that you could actually do something with. That's why it's so important for civilian investigators and scientists in this to get access to that government data because they've got the expensive equipment we paid for that is collecting this information. Yeah. And that's the, the scientific data we need. Um, otherwise, all we can do is like what Robert Powell and Peter Reale and Kevin Knuth did with the Nimitz information. They took the what we knew of the camera data, but also coupled it with the expert witness testimony to figure out and estimate what might have been the speeds uh, and characteristics of the, the object, the Tic Tac that was seen. So I think that's why they hold very little value in that uh, data that's achieved by the, the, the public. Now, projects like Skyhub though, um, and what Chris, um, what's our friend's name and Chris O'Brien no. is doing. Oh, in but Skyhub is another Chris. Yeah, uh, uh, Skyhub actually is headed mostly by Steve McDaniel and another group of people. But um, but you're right, Chris Cogswell is working on Chris that. Chris Cogswell, that's it. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, Chris O'Brien has also created something similar. Those are the type of things where you're getting hard data, video, other telemetry that you're able to, to start to extrapolate things with. So that's what we need um, is that sort of thing. Then the government might start to get interested in that data because it's, it's more than just witnesses, it's actual telemetry gathered by sophisticated machines. A couple of questions. Uh, we'll kind of wrap things up. I think that's all the news that I wanted to talk about for the week yeah. uh, with some of the interesting things going on. But you know, uh, this, these, this is where we are in all of this. You know, this is the kind of stuff that we have to talk about and we need to consider. And, and this is an actionable type of stuff. What I mean by that, this is where the ground, the, the, you know, rubber meets the road. This is where we can actually, um, assert ourselves and into this conversation and be effectively make change. Um, and I think we can, you know, I, and I say that from experience in that, you know, we, we have been able to, to turn heads um, by acting, doing certain things. And this is where we have some room. Um, we need to get that information from the UAP task force and we need to ask for it. Nobody is disclosing crap intentionally. I, I, it's another thing that is a little bit frustrating when people take this assumption um, and so many in the UFO field, even the more conservative, even some of you in here, I know I've heard you say it, 
believe that there's some sort of kind of information that is, you know, being pushed out purposely for us. And why is that frustrating to me? I've detailed in my articles uh, and in our interviews, we've detailed this. This information has been hard fought. These are people who have been working for decades to get information out. And this is, they've fought hard. They've strategized. They've been intelligent. If you read my article about Chris Mellon's plan, this is information that was drug out of the government. This isn't stuff that is free flowing. That statement that Brian Bender got from the UAP task force is evidence of that. They do not want to share anything. This has to be get, get drug out of them. And it takes people in the civilian world that are savvy enough to drag them out. It was Chris Mellon and, and Elizondo coming out. Elizondo is, he doesn't call himself a whistleblower because he says he wasn't revealing anything that was classified, which is true, but he was revealing information they didn't want out. Um, they retaliated against him about this. This is hard fought, people. This is very, people have worked really hard to get this information out. So don't act, don't get complacent and think that, you know, this is just, we're just sitting back watching this unveiling that is happening purposefully. This unveiling you're watching, you're watching. And that's what's frustrating because it doesn't recognize the hard work and the effort of the people that are getting this information out. Um, that's what's going on here, people. Not sitting back. You may be sitting back on your couch. Oh, look at government's giving me all this information on you folks. This is great. Finally getting disclosure. No, dude, this is information that a lot of people who have worked really hard are getting this information out to you. So respect their work and respect what they're doing and look at what they're doing. Look at what Chris Mellon and Elizondo and, and some of these other people like Tim McMillan who are getting information out, George Knapp, look what they're doing. And that's what we need to do is we need to help them mirror what they're doing and um, pay attention to it. And, and help advocate for this information to get out. That's what we need to do is help these people who are getting the information out. Jock of Ages says, Emery Smith, I'm not sure what you're talking about there. But uh, here's a good question. Uh, we'll see what you think, Martin. What do you think of the younger Dryas impact theory? Maybe it be that technology from over 12,800 uh, years before may have survived somewhere. No machines have been found yet building huge megalithic sites. Um, and he's saying, how come obvious traces of giant saws, for example, can be found on the block indicating machine builds? Check out Uncharted X YouTube channel. I, I disagree with that. Um, and so does Dirk. This whole, like, two things. First, I disagree that we are certain that these old megalithic things are machine builds. Do you... I mean, what do you think? I, I think it's really hard for us to wrap our head around the way they've made some of these structures. Um, but I think we oftentimes think that, um, you know, sure, it looks like it needs super technology. And, you know, when you look at the fitting of stones and stuff like that, um, it, it is totally amazing. But it to me, it doesn't mean that there has to be some... Uh, what was this giant saw? Is that what I? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the answer is and I'm not going to say I have any idea what the answer is, how they did the things they did, but uh, it doesn't necessarily mean in my opinion 
that it had to be aliens or something. Yeah, I'm kind of with Dirk on this. He's saying the similar thing um, that we might ha not have been able to find out um, uh, some of that stuff. Um, that there are ways for these things to happen. There could be technologies that are lost to us too. Technologies that yeah. we use or methods that we use that we just don't know um, that we don't use anymore. Dirk is saying that there are methods that we still use that it could have produced some of those results. I, I agree with that. However, uh, to the larger point about what about ancient technology, this is exciting because SETI has really been moving into this field, which I think is really where we're going to find some common ground where they're now looking for what they call techno signatures. They're saying that, you know, uh, we should be looking for artifacts because what if, you know, something came and visited the moon 20,000, a million years ago, came and went, then maybe we can some, find some evidence, you know, some techno signatures, some evidence of, of civilizations, uh, intelligent civilizations that have been around. Yeah. So that's really interesting. That's uh, a big area. Yeah. Well, there's no um, way to ever say, you know, I mean, for uh, civilizations to line up, you know, um, it, it's the odds are we could have been visited, you know, 10 million yeah. years ago. Who knows? Great point. Hmm. Uh, a couple other questions here. Why does Lou never state his opinion on what UAPs are and what's behind the wheel? He shouldn't. I mean, I think it's great and it's highly disciplined of him not to share that. Remember, people, that's opinion and speculation. Opinion and speculation is what we've been doing for the last few decades in the UFO field. We need to move away from that. We're getting more and more data where we can actually find these answers instead of just guessing. So um, Lou doesn't want to guess. Lou's point is we need to gather the data and follow the data. And I think that's what he needs. That's, that's a great way to look at it. Um, follow the data. Um, and, you know, because people will do that with me, too, if I'm not sharing my opinion on, on certain things. I don't know. Uh, you know, and so why speculate and hear my opinion? And a lot of times I try to be disciplined and not create an opinion so I don't taint myself. Yeah, not a bad idea. I mean, does it... How do you feel about that? Like if you ask, well, what do you think? And they say, well, I don't know, following the data. Do you get frustrated with that answer? No, I mean, I like to hear people's opinions if they have one. But um, I also don't want to hear from anyone that says they know something. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like if mm -hmm. they, they think they know the answer for something that involves what a UFO is, um, I don't think anyone really has a clue at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the person who is asking about the pyramids too, he follows up and he says, I wasn't talking about aliens. The only aliens we know for sure is mankind. So he was talking about ancient technologies perhaps and why we haven't found those. And that's another great point. Um, but I think that, uh, it lends towards Dirk's answer, which is, um, if we haven't found these alleged giant machines and maybe they don't exist because we probably would have found them. Yeah. Um, David says, Check out Ryan Sprague's interview with James. James seems to think the news will be big. Well, again, it's a matter of perspective. Um, for instance, when um, for years, or not, I wouldn't say years, but for months before 
the New York Times article in December 2017, I was writing about Tom DeLonge and his conversations with insiders and the, how he was going to be breaking news. Even when To The Stars started, a lot of people thought that news was crap. They, they didn't think it was interesting. I felt it was huge news. Huge. And it was. But a lot of people didn't feel that way. So James is going to think news is really big that others won't think is big. James Fox thought it was really big news when he got Harry Reid to say, there's a lot of evidence. You haven't seen most of the UFO evidence. You've only seen the tip of the iceberg. I thought that was huge news. Very huge news. And many other people in the UFO field will not think that's interesting at all. So it's a matter of perspective. And in fact, I would even say this new news, and I'll tell you this, this new news, I think, and I would love your opinion, Martin, is along the, along the lines of what Harry Reid said. Yeah. So I yeah. would put it that way. How yeah. did you feel about James Fox getting Harry Reid to say, we've only seen the tip of the iceberg? Yeah, I thought it was a major statement. I thought so too. Mm. If you didn't think that was a major statement and you thought that was ho-hum boring, then this news that is potentially going to come out, you might think is ho-hum boring. I thought that was big news. James thought the Reed thing was big news. That's a kind of way to meter your expectations. Right how? Um, let's see. The only thing I have to speculate is if I'm actually sane. Gas mask. I think gas mask is sane. I think that comment about self-reflecting about his own sanity demonstrates it's a sign of sanity. Yeah. That he is a sane person. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So um, I think that is all. Did you have anything else? I can't think of anything except we miss you, Matthew. We miss you. Matthew. You oh, I forgot him already. I Poor forgot. Matthew. I forgot wow. Matthew even existed. <laughs> He's dead to me. Yeah, well, someone Matthew's gave you a thumbs down. I wonder who that is. <laughs> oh, he did. <laughs> Matthew's yeah. not dead to me. He's welcome back at any time, but yeah. you got to get a better sense of humor if you're going to come back. If you're still going to be, you know, get get that stick taken out and then come back and you'll have a good time. And happy so, Thanksgiving, everyone. In the <laughs> happy US. Thanksgiving, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to show you guys one more. I did find one last thing to cover. You're going to especially love this, Martin. See that oh. creature right there? Yeah. This is on in the SpaceX Dragon. And that little creature there, this is a real photo from NASA. I watched the launch Saturday. That was awesome. Well, that's Baby Yoda right there. Oh, that's the Baby Yoda. That I is thought you were talking about some, Baby Yoda. Something on TV or something. I didn't know that's what it was. Oh, okay. Baby Yoda's in space. So he flew with SpaceX in the Dragon spacecraft to the International Space Station. That's where he is now. Baby Yoda's the most important news story of the week. Okay. And you don't even know who Baby Yoda is. Check out The Mandalorian. All right. I yes. Will. Yeah. Coder, and I'm sorry if I said that wrong. Coder agrees. Brian agrees. Baby Yoda rocks. All right, Baby Yoda. <laughs> 
now that you know who he is. Yeah. All right. So there is uh, our show for Shoot. today. That was a fun show. There's always something to talk about, I think, even if it I feels like so. there's not a lot of news, you know? I know. I said just before the show started, I ain't got nothing. And uh, yeah. we filled it up. Yeah. <laughs> We All did. Right. So what do you got coming up? Let's, uh, before we leave, let play. I don't, uh, I already did my phone. interviews with, uh, for this next week, but it'll be coming out as a podcast with Philip Mantle on, uh, young, his book on young people and UFOs, trying to get the young people interested. And, uh, then I did a show after that with, uh, uh, David Clark. And, uh, so, uh, from both from Britain and then, Next week coming up on the first is Robert Powell again on a children's book he's written for the UFO and the UFO world. So that'll be fun. That's what I Yeah. Got. Yeah. Interesting. Um some people are correcting me. I keep calling uh -oh. him Baby Yoda because I love to call it Baby Yoda. Um yeah. but I do realize as people are talking that the Star Wars nerds, um, of which I am one too. It is true. That's not actually Baby Yoda. Yoda, uh, it's not Yoda at all. It's some other baby creature of the same type as Yoda, which we don't even know the name yet of oh, the wow. creature or the type of creature that he and Yoda are. So he's not really Baby Yoda. Everybody just calls him Baby Yoda because he looks like Yoda and he's a baby and he's adorable. The show, they actually just refer to him as the child. But that's kind of boring, kind of weird even. Baby Yoda is a lot more fun. All right, we'll go with it. So he's Baby Yoda to me until we find out otherwise. And he better have a cute name, too, when we do yeah, come up no, with a name. It better not be, like, boring, you know. George or something. Yeah. Yeah, George. Mm -hmm. Little yeah. George. All right. So All there right. we go. So Thank you, you everyone. have yourself a wonderful weekend. Thank you so much for joining us again. Everybody check out Podcast UFO. Of course, check out openminds.tv. If you haven't yet, check out the Rojas Report. You can watch the latest, which is the James Fox interview, I think, um, right now still. Otherwise, you can hit the join button down there, and then you can get access to all of them, including my Chris Mellon interview that I keep referring to, my Elizondo interview, other great interviews, including Tim McMillan interviews as well. If you want to know more about him, that's the guy you need to keep your eyes on because I don't think everybody got it that Tim McMillan is the guy that's releasing this big news that is going to change the world. So um, keep an eye on Tim there and uh, maybe they'll, they'll release it on their new site. Uh, so check out that new site. But um, yeah, I think that's everything. Oh, I always forget to mention, sorry, Martin. Uh, and I'm going to make a little commercial about this. But again, I do mortgages. If you need a mortgage, a refinance today, rates dropped again to their lowest wow. point. Right now, they are actually at the lowest, lowest. Uh, it's a good time to refinance. If you need the cash, because I know a lot of us are struggling because of COVID and lockdowns and everything, you can pull out some cash or at least lower your monthly uh, bill. Um, if you're in Colorado or Arizona, I can do that for you. Or um, if you're not, I can help you find someone who can do that for you. Uh, also, of course, my honey does real estate. I know real estate people in those areas if you need help that way. And if you want to become a mortgage broker, if you got laid off during COVID and you're looking for work and you need something because after Christmas, you're getting cut off on your unemployment, like so many people are, maybe go into mortgage. It's something you can do remote. You will have to get your license first.
So you can go to the NMLS to figure out how to get the license in your state. But once you get your license, I can help you out with that too. Um, and then I can hook you up and get you on as a mortgage person. And I will help you. You can be part of my group and I'll, I'll help you uh, with every step of the way. So get a hold of me at openminds.tv or uh, at alejandrotrojas.com or my mortgage site, which is mortgage.alejandrotrojas.com. And I know I probably will have some comments. Oh, man, the end of the series just trying to sell us stuff, and make us buy stuff. That's right. It's behind you know. the paywall, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, you're not, we're not behind a paywall. So yeah. at least you got that. All right. All right. Thank you all so much. Um, and uh, until next time. Adios. Machachos. Matthew. I mean, machachos. Yes. Matthew. White people, man. <laughs>